a real entrepreneur helping others succeed. This is your host, Rivers Corbett, on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, not too long ago, we were at the SAS North Scale-Up Conference in Ottawa, where I got a chance to sit down with some amazing people. And today, I get to share with you my amazing interview with April Dunford. Super excited to share this with you today. Let's check it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. We're talking from SAS North Conference today in Ottawa, and we're really lucky to have April Dunford with us. She's the founder of Rocket Launch Marketing and an entrepreneur in residence at the DMZ in Toronto, and they don't just let anybody do that role. So April, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, so what did you do at the SAS North Conference today? What did you speak about? Um, well, my talk was focused on context setting for innovative new products. So basically, I gave a talk on how if you have something new that the world has never seen before, how do you help people understand what it is and why mm. they should care? And that's what my talk was about. All right, you're not. I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. I got to kind of get a little bit. What were the nuggets on how you do that? Yeah. So basically, what I'm talking about from a technical marketing standpoint is positioning. But people really don't understand positioning. One of the biggest problems we have with startups is when we launch something new, we think about it in a certain way. Um, but our customers that are seeing it for the first time and have no experience with it often experience it in a completely different way. So let's say, for example, I started out to design a new email system. And then let's say I got it in market and I tweaked it and I added things and I took things away. Um, after a while, the thing that I end up with may actually look more like chat than email, but I still think about it as email because that's what I set out to build in the first place. But yeah. if I put it in front of a customer and I say, hey, what do you think of my new email? And they're like, dude, that looks like chat. Uh, what happens <laughs> is they have this disconnect and, and everything seems confusing to them. And so what my talk was about was about, you know, you've built a thing. It's amazing. It has special features. Now what you got to do is step back and think about what context do I put it in 
so that my special stuff really shines and I don't end up with this disconnect between the market I say I am in versus the market that customers would naturally associate me with. Why do people who are business founders in the tech world struggle with that? I see that consistently in the world that I play in, and I work a lot. I work with a village of entrepreneurs, but it's it's the engineers, it's the technical people who really I spend you know a lot of time having them understand that your customer isn't you necessarily. So yeah. why do you think that that's the case? You know what? We get really close to the things that we're working on, like intimately mm-hmm. close, like close in a way that, that prospects certainly are not that close. And so you tend to have this kind of myopia where you're staring at this thing every day. You've been thinking about it in a certain mm. way for months, maybe years. Right. Uh, it's very difficult, I think, for you to kind of use this sort of child's mind and say, okay, let's say I've never (laughs) seen this before. Let's say, you know, I land on Mars and this thing is presented to me. How do I make sense of it? I think it's very hard for us as human beings, not as technology people, to really be able to separate ourselves and say, okay, suppose I've never seen this thing or anything like this before. Uh, How would I help people make sense of it? That's actually quite difficult. Yeah, it really is. Well, it's and when I work with entrepreneurs, it's always, you know, put it so your grandmother can understand it in those simplest terms, assuming your grandmother doesn't know what yeah, we're always you picking know. On, we're always picking on <laughs> granny. Yep. But <laughs> it's, it's unfair because they're damn smart people. <laughs> yeah, so I, I say this. I say this as a woman who's getting older all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, if people give me that grandmother bit when I'm a grandmother, I'm going to be offended. But it's true. Like, it's not. It's not just so that your grandmother can understand it. It's what we what we mean when we say that is again somebody that doesn't have the same background as us. Somebody that isn't as familiar with right. you know. Know, the, te- the underlying technology of it is we are. Um, but, you know, sometimes you are selling to technical people. But even, even in those cases, what you have to do is separate out someone that's, you know, intimately familiar with this new thing versus a person encountering it for the first time. What we do when we encounter something we've never seen before is we'll just automatically, naturally, try to compare it to something that we do understand. So we'll say, oh, is this email or chat? What is it? Because I know what those two things are, but you've got this thing that's new, so you're going to have to help give me some context for that. Very cool. Did you have a lot of glazed eyes or nodded heads when you were speaking? Oh, dude, the room was full of nodding heads. There was a standing ovation at the end. Were you not there? Yes. Well, I heard a noise in Fredericton. I said, what the hell was that? That's now right. I it was know. a thundering, thundering applause at the end. Yeah, that was my session, man. It was amazing. That is, that is so cool. Well, congratulations on that. That's pretty awesome. And, and when you're, when you're uh, as the founder of Rocket Launch Marketing, is that what you find that you spend a lot of your time dealing with with clients is to get their, their positioning mindset in place? Yeah, well, you know what? So I spent years, decades, actually, working at startups. Sometimes I've been a VP marketing. Sometimes I've been a COO. Sometimes I've run sales. My The last company, it was my company, so I was the CEO. Um, as a consultant, though, I have focused mainly on positioning because it's a thing that I feel like I'm good at. 
I have right. kind of a framework that I can use to teach people about it. And it's a thing that people are terrible at and there are not that many folks around like me that can help with it. So that's really been my focus in, and, on the consulting side of things. And, and you're, you're, uh, you're completing a book position on positioning called uh, titled Obviously Awesome, How yeah. to Stand Out in Noisy, Crowded Markets. Uh, yeah. How far are you away from having that uh, published and ready to go? Oh, you know what? So I'm a, I'm a terrible book writer, is what <laughs> I've discovered about myself in this process. It's a bit of a side project. So whenever I get yes. busy, it gets shoved off to the side. And then when things lighten up a bit, it comes back in. I don't know. I was hoping to have it done this year. Maybe it's next year. You know, when it does come, it's going to be my little gift to the universe. It's going to be like, yay, you this know. thing is finally done. Like I have maybe 130 pages of it written. I just, one of these days I need to put a, put it on the done pile. And then I'm just going to release it to the universe. Y'all can read it. And everybody would go, oh my gosh, that's so smart and amazing. And then that'll be it. Yeah. But God knows Pen when. Pet up to man. But you know what, April, when I'm taking off of this, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually currently writing a book too. I haven't actually done anything with it yet, but that's exactly what I'm going to do with my bio the same way, you and me. Yeah, no, we're yeah, doing we'll it exactly make up the a same. Title. And as long as you got it one page, you are actually currently writing the book. Absolutely. I love it. Dude, I've been writing this it. book for years. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, that is so, so, so cool. Well, I look forward to when it does come out. You uh, also are the entrepreneur in residence. Uh, I think there's a few of them at the DMZ in Toronto. Can you, uh, I want to learn about that role and one, what you do, but also what are you taking out of it? Because I'm a firm believer, you, you know, you got to both win in the relationship. Um, tell us what the DMZ is, first of all, for our audience and listeners, and then uh, a little bit about what your role does. Yeah, well, so I've done work with a bunch of different startup incubators across Canada. Um, right now, I've got a relationship with the DMZ, which is, stands for the Digital Media Zone at Ryerson University. And they have a large community of startups there, and they offer programming to help the startups get going. Um, the DMV in particular is focused more on early stage startups. And my role with them has been uh, to come in and occasionally teach a class on things related to startup marketing. I do a workshop on positioning. No surprise nice. there. Um, mm. And I'm also available wait, for... I bet, they, I bet they can't wait for your book to come out. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're they're eagerly <laughs> awaiting this book it's, that will come eventually. <laughs> and, um, and, and then I'm also there for, you know, if somebody has a very specific question, they can book some time with me and we can talk it out. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, what I get out of it is it's good for me to, you know, to regularly be meeting with the new companies that are starting. I mean, the, the really early stage ones are interesting because, you know, not all of them survive and that's natural. Right. But some of them end yes. up being really cool. And it's neat to see them in their early, early stages to see, you know, mm. here's how they started. And then later on, they become something big. So I like to mm. at any given time, I'm doing something with one of the incubators just to make sure. I've got one finger on the new companies coming out. Uh, good for you. I am. Um, I'm interested in the uh, the SAS North Conference because the other folks that I have talked to have really been SAS, uh, you know, techies uh, in that world. Um, 
as somebody who's you know uh, who's who's uh, lean is on on marketing positioning and so on mm-hmm. what would you what would you say to people who are like you as to why they should attend the SAS North conference um, if they're not tech focused if or is there value at all oh there's absolutely value I mean I think if you look at the programming um, you know there's a there's a lot of speakers that are talking about things that are a little more technical, but there's certainly a lot of programming that is just more focused on um, how do you raise money? How do you grow your business? Uh, There was quite a lot of sessions focused on the marketing side of things this year, which I thought was really cool. Um, And I think we need more of that. The neat thing about SAS North too, is it's in Ottawa. We don't always have an excuse or like I'm based in Toronto. I don't always have an excuse to go to Ottawa. So it's good to go and you see some new faces. There's some different companies there that I wouldn't normally get a chance to meet. So, and it's kind of the big conference there. So if you're going to plan a trip to Mm. Ottawa, you might as well do it during SAS North. You've got everybody there plus a great set of speakers and it's a well-run it's a well-run, well-organized conference as well. Yeah, brilliant. Well, so far, the speakers have been absolutely amazing. Um, to uh, kind of end off our conversation, what's one of the big takeaways that you took from the SAS North? Um, well, you know, it's funny. When you're the speaker, you don't always spend as much time listening to the speakers as you wish you could. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you're right, getting ready for right. your own session. But, you know, I... <laughs> I thought it was interesting. There seemed to be a theme really this year around scaling up and doing things at scale. Uh, and so yeah. I like I like that we've gotten past how do we generate more ideas and how do we get more early stage companies? And now we're starting to focus on how do we take the companies that we've got that are doing good things and really make them big, really make them successful and get them to scale up. So I thought there was a neat set of discussions around that, which I thought was, kind of a like, yay, it's sort of a sign that our ecosystem is growing up a little bit, you know, we're getting a bit more serious, we've now got a bunch of scaling Mm. companies, and so it's good to see that reflected in the programming. Well, I'm glad to hear you uh, say that. I know, and that's uh, it's a it's a common thread of of need of of expertise the, through the conversations that I have with entrepreneurs. That that is a, a void that, that look, it's there. People know how to do it, but it's really yeah. wrapping around the education and the expertise with it that yeah. people are, are really wanting to uh, connect with. So I'm I'm so happy you uh, you referenced that point. And another big shout out to the SAS North Group. Um, how do people find you april to uh, to follow you connect with you and uh, well and you know from if, you. if i have uh a presence everywhere and uh and and april dunford is the moniker so if you want to go to my website it's aprildunford.com on twitter mm-hmm. i'm april dunford i'm april dunford all over the place i'm easy to find <laughs> Very cool. Well, April Dunford, thank you so much for your time. This is a quick but very impactful conversation. Keep doing your magic and and keep being as fun as you were today. It was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for having me. It was great. Thanks.
thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. This is Gloria Rohai McRae, co-founder of Wedge 15, financial educator and senior value consultant at Hootsuite. And you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast. The Wedge 15, why that name, first of all? Tell us about that, the, the name. <laughs> Love it. Love that question. <laughs> Lots of ways to explain it, but it's fundamentally this. Have you ever read, and I'm sure some of your listeners inevitably had, um, The Tipping Point yes. by Malcolm Gladwell? So you know then that it takes a very small percentage of people to take something that's on the fringes or that is innovative or again, not popularized and and tip it into the masses. So that number of those early adopters and innovators is only 15%. That's mm. what it takes. Um, often when we're thinking about change, we always think it has wow. to be this absolute overhaul, right? Yes. And that we discredit the idea that a simple, um, smaller but consistent action would be equally powerful. And so when, when my husband and I were coming up with the corporate name, we were looking at the kind of projects we worked out on, the things we thrived in, the kind of customer that we serve best and the people that we could get the most results with. And it was typically the 15% who wanted to take something that they saw a vision or uh-huh. a way of business that was, let's say, perceived as unconventional or not yet popular and tip it and translate it into a way that would reach a larger mass of people. And that is when we decided, you know, we will create that wedge for the 15%. And so it's just that simple and it's short and the URLs were available. The domain names were there. Social had it. So, you know, that's a that means, you know, you can take it and it's yours. So we, uh, we rolled with it. 